Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the yard and alongside me, thanks to the power of technology, don't fail us technology, it's Tass Mellis. <laughs> if you were with us yesterday and you battled through it, kudos to you. This is going to be better, guaranteed, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, also filling in for J.D. all week long, mashing those buttons, clipping them clips. It's Jerome Chang. What's up, Jerome? What's up, everybody? How's we're, it going? We're going to get this. What's up, Jerome? Yeah? Today. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I feel good. You know, I mean, the power of optimism, right? Um, that, that's stronger than the power of Ethernet, right? <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, shout mm-hmm, out to the stream mm-hmm, team mm-hmm. joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second to like the video. The more likes we get, the better our Wi-Fi connection gets. So uh, play your part. Comment away here in the stream team. Subscribe to No Dunks if you haven't done that already. Send in your questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. Plan is we're hitting the beach probably tomorrow. So you've got a, a good 24 hours, less than 24 hours, to get your cues and your comments in. No Dunks at theathletic.com. That's the best way to email them in, or you can tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. We told you about this limited edition shirt yesterday and it's still available for sale it's the christmas wedgie t-shirt oh you think you can pull off that red skeets it's a it's a bold i think i can during the holidays nice yeah 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 i don't wear red a lot of the time outside of like the odd raptors jersey but uh during the holidays red green for sure i'm wearing it a lot more so the answer is yes tess good call it's a very good so go grab that over at no dunks Dot com. And if you're still looking for the perfect holiday gift besides No Dunks gear, uh, giving The Athletic as a gift is a good idea. It requires nothing more than a couple of clicks. And you don't have to wrap anything. Oh, I hate wrapping gifts. I'm the worst at it. So go get yourself, for someone else, a subscription to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash gifts. That's the URL here today for 50% off any of the athletic uh, gift subscription plans. Tass, are you good uh, good at wrapping the gifts or do you even try? Uh, I'm average, just like most things. I'm pretty average. Uh, yeah, I, I'm 
I'm fine with the bag. Oh, that means you really don't like to wrap gifts then, too. <laughs> I'm fine. Even kids, just take a bag. Uh, I don't know. There's just so many bags. So many bags around. I just feel like... I hated paper, opening you know? a gift out of a bag, though, as a kid. That yeah, sucks. that's a good point. That's a very good point. You got to wrap it. You want to rip <laughs> no, that paper up. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but then the tape and all that. Oh, no, it's very wasteful. Like you can reuse tape. bags. That is nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. some... And then I'm trying I'm trying to recycle the paper, Skeet, so I'm taking the tape off the paper, like digging for the tape off every corner, you know, and I don't know if people give gifts to, you know, whoever whoever wrapped it. I don't know where you're taping. I have it's no true. idea. You know true, I mean? true, true, true. It's, it's what about tight. awkwardly shaped items like a pickleball paddle? Mm. Yeah. Oh, would you buy JD a pickleball paddle? Did you just give that away? Doesn't he have uh, enough at this point? <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, no, you're right. It's like, I hate wrapping gifts. I'm bad at it. And I like, I'm terrified if it's not a square. Like, it's like, <laughs> just not a cube. That I can manage. Yeah. But yeah, once it's like uh, an abnormally shaped gift, yeah, then that is probably going in a bag. That's why I save those sweater boxes. I call them sweater boxes, but those just random boxes you get that yeah, yeah, clothes yeah. are in, generally for this time of year. Even though I end up not using them, I just they're just sitting there collecting dust in a closet. But that's what they're good for. One day I'm going to pull it out so I don't have to wrap a paddle ball racket. Smart that, paddle ball, a pickleball racket. That would uh, fit perfectly in one of those, like that a sweater would come in from Sears. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In the sweater. Um, all right, we got lots to get to, so let's stop talking about rapid gifts. Uh, we're going to recap a lot of the games last night, and then later on in the show, all day yesterday, Tass, like a true sicko, I was playing with the NBA trade machine, and we're going to go through oh. some of the most likely players to be traded, and I'll throw some hypothetical trades at you, and you and the stream team and everybody watching and listening later can shit all over the trades, because that's all everybody does with these. Why would they do that? That's stupid. Uh, no. uh, listen, I, I, I took a quick sneak yeah. peek. I didn't, I didn't do a deep dive into every single one, but I don't think people will poop on every single one. There are some good okay. ones in there. Okay. Steve. I mean, I, I put the work yeah. in. I don't just like come up with these like, oh, let's just trade uh, LeBron James for 10 guys. Like, you know, try and make them realistic. These are all executable. Yes. They all right? are, uh, you know, technically can be done, but we'll debate them all uh, yeah. as we go through them later on. Uh, Kobe Altman is watching. Every GM is watching. So uh, yeah, who we'll was it? And use them. Didn't I call the Aaron Gordon trade? Was it that one that I had? Basically, uh, right. the Magic Nuggets one uh, a couple of years ago. I think that was my like one. Like we had talked about it on the show. We had I pitched it. We talked it through, and it basically happened. Like to this, to some extent, that sounds right. Um, anyway, we had some wedgies. We had three last night. Let's go through them. Amazing. One by one. First one. It was uh, Siakam here. In Philadelphia, sticking the three-point wedgie. Boom. Simple as that, Tass. What a monster game from him. Huge line, and then you can include a wedgie. Oh, my God. Pascal Siakam was back. MVP Siakam was back. But as you said in our chat, when the wedgie happened, I asked, did either of the broadcasters, the Raps or Philly, mention that it was a wedgie? We checked the tape. Matt Devlin... Our man, Matt Devlin, on the Raptors broadcast didn't even say the word Yeah, that's wedgie. how down bad the Raptors that's are. How you, that's how bad it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it was just abysmal. Things were looking bad then, but then the Raps took the lead. I don't care. That was a moral victory. We'll get yeah. to that later. Anyway, we'll get to uh, that later. And then, that was number 20, okay? 
Then we had number 21, not long over, long after, excuse me. And this one was maybe a little controversial because of the continuation. But we decided in our Slack channel last night, we have to count it because Jim Peterson on the Wolves broadcast went for like 90 seconds in explaining the ball stall nomenclature to Michael Grady. Here's number 21, take it away. His ninth rebound of the night. He has eight assists as well. Down the lane, and we've got Owechi. It's our first wedgie of the season. <laughs> you don't really see wedgies on layups, Jim P. Yeah, the wedgie and the leggie. This is the one where it hangs on the back of the rim, and it sits there. So you've got a wedgie, a leggie, and then you've got the pigeon, which is when the ball gets stuck above the backboard, between the backboard and the shot clock. That's called a leggie. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that one, Mike. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> okay. So in case that happens, you've got to call the leggie, all right? You've got to call the... the Hold on, which one is the pigeon? The pigeon is when it sits on the back of the, of the rim. Like the, it, it just when kind it just of sits, it dies on the back of the back oh, that, of the okay. rim. That's, that's a rare case is Kim Walker's going to the free throw. I could have that This is a full education for everybody. Like, yeah. So we just saw the guys at the start. The guys at the starters started all that. They're Canadian friends. Oh, shout out, yes. Yeah, the starters are great, man. We got pigeon, leggy, wedgie. <laughs> Jimbo at the line. Let's get a word from Arby's. <laughs> that was like 90 <laughs> seconds. Again, uh, shout out to Jim Peterson and uh, and Michael Grady there on the Wolves broadcast. Now, he, he, I mean, he had the right parts, Tass, uh, Jim Pete did. But uh, he was, uh, he, I think he was confusing Grady a little bit there. The difference between the leggies and the pigeons. And he was sort of mixing them up. Um, so we just have this very handy graphic that we tweet out from time to time. Just so everybody knows, you know. Wedgie, of course, ball stuck between the rim and the backboard. The leggy is when it's sitting on the back of the rim, right? Above the cylinder, but on the back of the rim, that's quite rare. And the pigeon, we just call the one that gets stuck up by the shot clock, which Jim Pete said at one point, and then he started confusing it with the leggy. And anyway, uh, we had to count the wedgie, right? Because he just, like, look at the work he was putting in there. Absolutely. Jim Peterson, an absolute legend going through it for 90 seconds there. He had it right the first time, but then maybe we just need to simplify it. Maybe wedgie is too close to no, leggy. No, um, and then, come on. It, listen, I think it's the, it's the perfect name, um, but it happens so rarely. And our man Michael Grady, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna take this with him yeah. on the call, and he's gonna get it right uh, in the future. We'll circle back to this in tweet of the night uh, because our man Jim Peterson uh, was also tweeting about it. Uh, great job by Jim Pete to get it on the broadcast, explain it. And, and that's why, yeah, because Jim Peterson went into it, we had to call that continuation yeah. a wedgie, even though even though the diehards were asking at the time of the wedgie, a potential wedgie, even they weren't buying it, but it was a continuation. I mean, yeah, it was, sort of it was quite the of, continuation, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but continuation is part of the game. We'll get to a, a weird PJ Tucker call that was overturned in in Philly. Like the, you know, continuation—it's all part of the play. I used to be against it, but I'm okay with it. And uh, shout out Jim Peterson for the. Oh love. my God, that's so good. The best part, and you may have caught it right at the end of the clip. 
they then throw to an Arby's commercial, like an ad break. So it's like, oh my God, we went from wedgies to roast beef. Uh, we had to cut it off at some point there, but amazing stuff. I would like, I'm going Arby's, before man. the start of the season, Tass, I would like to get on a Zoom call with all of the NBA broadcasters, all of the teams, and just go mm. through it all with them, you know? Give them the uh, breakdowns, wedgies, ledgies, pigeons. Uh, tell them, like, the stats they need to know, you know? The all-time wedgies in a season, uh, you know, stuff like that. I just think we should just, they just need to be a little refreshing uh, at the start of every season. I think that would be beneficial to them. So we should make that happen. <laughs> it's a great yeah. idea. Uh, we, yeah, we hear sometimes uh, Calabro and Lamar Hurd on the Blazers calls say at a wedgietracker.com that they, they say Lamar usually says we're at 20 here in the season, but not everybody knows. Uh, but Jim Peterson, Doing the wedgie work out there, doing the work for everybody else, letting everybody know. Respect. Yeah. Respect. We to also him. need to let everybody know that calls games that we're no longer the starters. That's our biggest uh, obstacle. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. That's fine. Uh, TV. We used to be anyway, on TV. <laughs> we had one more wedgie last night. Yeah, we weren't done there. Number 22 came from Mikhail Bridges right at the start of the second half where the Suns were killing the Lakers. I mean, it's like the first possession of the third quarter, Bridges sticking. What I believe was a three-point wedgie there. I think he was behind the line. And here it is again, three wedgies on one night. So Siakam, Ant, Bridges. Boom, 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 we're up to 22. And I, I love when it's in a blowout because as Jim Peterson just went off for like a minute, they're they're smacking, smacking the Mavs. And so the, the Wolves broadcasters could just say, all right, you know, who cares? We don't need to talk about the game. And that one also... Uh, in a blowout there as uh, the Suns getting back on track. No Braun, obviously, uh, for the Lakers mm -hmm. there. And uh, Suns, glad they got back on track. I, I, uh, it, there's just anybody can win the West, it feels yeah. like. I mean, I anybody can go Isn't it something it. like it's like a handful of games that separate the number one seed to like the number seventh seed? Like you go on a two-week stretch and play good ball or bad ball and you are number one in the West or you're in the play-in. Like that's how just you know jammed up it is uh in the western conference so it's great to see love to see three wedgies and uh yeah we're not on nba tv anymore task but sam Unono makes a great point we're still on his tv mm. you know you can broadcast this youtube Very good point. show to your tv so thank you sam for uh, clarifying that okay my goodness let's get into the games and we got to start with a <laughs> crazy ending fun fun ending go check the highlights if you didn't watch this one i was happy to be watching this one live but we had Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, SGA baby, hitting a game winner again as the Thunder edge the Blazers and sort of ruin Damian Lillard's night a little bit. Task. Fun, fun game, though. It's going to be fun to debate who wins the Jerry West Trophy awarded to the NBA Clutch Player of the Year at the end of the season. Shea has got to be yep. a part of it. You look at the stats. If you want to do the stats part of it, he's up there with DeMar DeRozan. Uh, and you look at his stats... As much as uh, as we all believe in Shea Gilgis Alexander, and I know how much yeah. you love him, Skeets, I wondered if he could keep up the Steph Curry-like stats that he was putting up, MVP Steph Curry-like stats yeah. that he was putting up through the first month, and he's keeping it up at 30 points per game. He's just so good at getting to his spots, and he did it again there from the mid-range. Uh, you you got to give Mark Dignall a lot of credit as Thunder head coach. This team has the same record as the Raptors. What? The Thunder have the same record as the Raptors as we'll get to. But anyway, uh, less than three seconds left to set up Shea in the mid-range. Uh, now, 
he spun and lost Justice Winslow. He's just too quick for him. He's just so big. And, uh, I, you know, I wondered if, if he was still going to be able to get to his spots, if he was still going to be able, strong enough. Uh, but he's maintaining that that will to just get into the three-point line because he's not a conventional guard. His three-point percentage has come down. He, he isn't shooting Steph Curry-like threes anymore. It's back to his career three-point percentage. But that's okay because he takes as many threes as Giannis. He's guard Giannis right now. He shoots so many twos. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes. And the 30 points per game is still there. He is still carrying this team. And uh, I think Mark Digno's got to get some Coach of the Year award votes as well, even if they're a sub-500 team. Imagine Shea not on that team, um, but it's incredible when, when you know that he's the best player, the number one, number two, number three option, that he's still able to get 30 points per game and uh, take over and beat the Blazers there. Yeah, um, you're freezing up a little bit on me, so I, I caught most of what you were saying, um, but the shot making in this one, the back and forth from SGA you know, hitting his shots, including that game winner where he goes baseline there and hits like that little 14-foot pull-up over Winslow. Uh, um, Simons had a couple great, you know, clutch shots. Damian Lillard uh, attacking the rim. Two beautiful finishes inside uh, within like the final 40 seconds of this game. But uh, yeah, just an awesome, awesome play at the end. I love how he like... SGA's celebrations are just like sort of cold-blooded at this point too he's like this is becoming like uh, an old hat for him and it's sort of cool him doing this against Damian Lillard like you start to see like you see the comparisons a little bit uh and even Lillard was talking about it after the game like this idea of like you know him getting more comfortable being the leader clutch shots I mean that's what Lillard's known for uh and just trying to take like a, a franchise that's not a marquee franchise sort of to the to the next level so it's sort of cool to see not that by no means is it a passing of a baton or anything like that because Damian Lillard's still a badass but uh it was it was pretty cool um that SGA just continues to put up 30 easily 30 easily in a game where he was sort of quiet for a big stretch and then he just like pours it on and he just scores like 10 to 15 in a hurry uh, and then the clutch play um, at the end. Awesome stuff. He's going to be an all-star. I mean, we were saying this a month ago that he basically locked it in, even though there's a, so many good guards in the West. I think now it'll just be if Curry is injured too long, who gets his starting spot? Like, Curry will probably still make the team. He probably still gets the votes. But, like, will he be starting in that game in February? And and if he's not, does it go to John Morant or is it, does it go to SGA? I think it's a small possibility. Mm, that's interesting. I think Curry has you know, the votes in his favor, and obviously it comes down to a formula with uh, you know the media voting and the players voting. The thing that Curry has voting for going for him is that Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and even Andrew Wiggins aren't going to take any shine from the the media part of the vote or the player part of the vote. So I, I, ah, I, I it's likely. He still gets it. Yeah, but. oh, I'm saying he still gets it. He's still, he's probably like the leading vote getter. I mean, I guess him or LeBron in the Western Conference. It's whether or not he's healthy enough to play in the game. And if he can't, who do they then slot up there to like oh, okay. start the game? I mean, I'm sure. looking way ahead here and hopefully Curry's back. And this is like a moot point, but uh, it's going to be Jaw or SGA starting if Curry can't play in that game, I guess is my point. Um, also in this one, hell, hey, maybe it's this guy. I don't know. Damian Lillard. He became the Trailblazers' all-time leading scorer last night, Tass, uh, surpassing Clyde Drexler for the most points in franchise history. Uh, doing it here in his 
11th season. Um, though he missed a good chunk of time last year. I think Drexler took 12 seasons there with Portland to originally have that mark, but now it's Dame's. And that feels right. It is phenomenal. Dame has uh, always said he's wanted to be the best, and he said it yesterday in the post-game press conference about uh, his desire to be the best Blazer ever. And it does take a, I don't know, I'd rather see him hit a bucket. I wasn't going to say take shine off it, but rather than a free throw. Yeah. You know, yeah. but who cares? Uh, he is, uh, it is, it is, it is phenomenal how he has come from where he's come from and the leading scorer in Blazers history. Uh, it is ridiculous. And Mr. TD is saying in the in street team, that was quick, even though you're saying it's his 11th season and Clyde did in 12 seasons. It does feel kind of quick, even though he's been there for a super yeah. long time. Uh, Drexler. I guess if if he was shooting threes, the the number would be different. Sure. Um, but uh, so yeah, uh, as far as uh, as far as Dame goes, it is it is phenomenal. What an accomplishment! Is, uh, the roller coaster, you know, coming in with Lamarcus Aldridge and taking uh, upon his shoulders, and they did get to a conference finals, and hopefully more uh, playoff success for him will is come to. Is Damian Lillard the greatest Blazer of all time, or does that still go to? Either Drexler, who made two finals, obviously didn't win one, uh, or Bill Walton, who won an MVP and won a title, um, or does Dame have a case? Or does he still need to like hit that little that Dirk-like championship later on in his career to like cement him as number one? Yeah, I think the playoffs are it's too much uh, to overcome. Yeah, you need that. Uh, even Clyde's getting to the finals, the fact that you lose to Jordan. It's almost like a final. No, no yeah, no shame you know, in that. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, so putting him and Bill Walton, I think, in a, a tiny step above, I think that's allowed, right? Uh, to me, to me, <clears throat> I would agree. They get it over at, at this. Yeah, point. I mean, it's like, yeah, you, you, it's either it's one of those three guys, whatever order you want to put them in: Bill Walton, Clyde Drexler, Damian Lillard. Because then it's like it's a bit of a significant drop off, I would say, for Blazers greats. After that, it's. It's your Terry Porters and your LaMarcus Aldridge's and your Rasheed Wallace's and maybe stuff like that. But that's, you know, that's a pretty substantial gap to those three guys that I mentioned first. So anyway, where do you have Dame? Let us know in the stream team. Is he maybe? Hey, look, you could. What is he? Six-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA already? I mean, he's going to probably add to that. It's damn good. Uh, yeah. And it's funny you say that about Aldridge because he can't be that far off points because he had 20,000 plus points. He went to the, the Spurs, the Spurs and had a few years there. Uh, but yeah, if, if he's, if Dame is six time, six time, a six time all-star Aldridge is seven time all-star five time, all NBA, I believe. Mm. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, it's funny that we just, we just forget about Aldridge and how great he was. He just kind of, he's the Paul Millsap. He's the guy that just like was so steady and so good, but unspectacular doing it. And not a lot of playoff success. Got to one conference finals with the Spurs rather than uh, with the uh, the Blazers. But very, very similar resume mm-hmm. to Damian yeah. Lillard. Uh, you want a quick little trivia question? Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw this by way of uh, Talking NBA. Great Twitter account, by the way. Um, there are 10 active players who are franchise leaders for all-time points scored, right, with their franchise. Now, three of them still play for their team. Lillard won. Can you name the other two? Wow, still play. 
Not not Curry. Curry with the Warriors. Yep. It's pretty easy. This happened not too long ago where I think he took it over. This year or last year? I can't remember. Not Trey. No, 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 no. 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 I mean, this guy's an MVP level guy. Uh, I mean, I guess... Okay, well, you're, you're, I mean, you you you, you know him well. Me. I mean, I mean, he's yeah. Oh, yeah there you go. Well, yeah, yeah, right, right. Because right, that right, happened right, recently, right. right? Where he overtook, uh, I guess. Yeah, Green. yeah. Um, yeah. and then there's seven other guys in the league that are active players that lead, not the team they're on, like lead another franchise, like LeBron James with the Cavaliers, right? That's an obvious one. You want to take a stab at the DeMar. other six? Demar Derozan with the Raptors. Okay, five more. You can do this. <laughs> Paul George no, no, with the no, Pacers. No, no. Um, hmm. Bradley Beal. No, no. Some of them are. Uh, Chris Chris Paul. No, because he didn't. I mean, he didn't oh. play in one spot really long enough, nor scored enough. Yeah, I thought he could Charlotte it. Oh, up, you say Charlotte? Not. There is somebody. Okay, well, hold on. Westbrook. Westbrook Thunder. Uh, Charlotte. Yep. He he just Charlotte. made a triumphant return and. Kemba Walker, Walker, for sure. Nice. Uh, and then you've nice, got... Nice, Jimmy James Harden? No, not Harden. Oh, you've got three more, not, though. That's not enough. Um, you love this one guy. Oh, You're always talking out, about how People important don't. he is to his current franchise, and he racked up a lot of points, a sneaky amount of points with uh, his old team. Shout out to John Hollinger. Uh, Mike, Mike Conley. Conley, wow. Grizzlies. Yeah, and that's a tough that one. That one is tough one to believe. And then you've got... All right, let's finish. You've got the two job. big guys, known for defense. I mean, I mean, they're elite defensive players. One unfortunately injured right now, and then one, um, you know, might win his, might win an award, might make an All Star team for the first time in a decade. Who's that? Oh, um, not true. No, probably. big uh, guy. Oh, sorry, so big guy. But might win. Brooke, Brooke Lopez, Lopez for the with Nets? the Nets. Still there, franchise leader, and then uh, the final one. He's injured right now. Oh, Anthony Davis with the Pelicans. Pelis. Yeah. There you go. There you go. How fun was that? All right. Okay. Sorry, sorry, I wasn't. A no, quicker, no, no, no. What are you no. gonna Look, do? You got there. You got there. Okay, let's move Stop. to this game. Shout out to the stream team for helping. Oh, me out were there. they? Oh, I wasn't watching. Oh. No, I mean I got them all without. Yeah, of them, course. <laughs> okay. Shout out. Anthony Edwards leads the Wolves past the flustered. Mavericks 116-106. You want to start with the the good on the Wolves side of things or the bad on the Mavs side of things? Oh, I don't know. Uh, listen, a lot of the bad was caused by the good of of the mm-hmm. Wolves. Uh, the, the, when you said a guy who could win an award, a big defensive player, I started thinking Rudy Gobert with the Utah Jazz. He couldn't be the most points. Couldn't be the points leader for the Utah Jazz. Could he? Well, for the Wolves, no Gobert, no Towns, uh, no McLaughlin, no Prince. They're they're Pretty banged up, uh, but Nas Reed, uh, who I guess a lot of people outside Minnesota might not know, but because he's been there for his, you know, his I think his four-year career, usually backup, but he's been starting since Rudy Gobert's gone out. He was hurt in the last yeah. game. His trap and his trap <laughs> yeah. area. Yeah, you don't no. hear that often. Yeah, the trap trap neck area, and uh, apparently, as soon as Anthony Edwards heard that Nas Reed was playing. Uh, he got pumped, and he had himself a great game. This is the quote from Anthony Edwards. I like this quote. He said, the first thing I asked him when I walked into the locker room tonight, I said, hey, you going tonight? He's like, yeah, for sure. So him saying that with his chest out makes me feel like I'm finna go out here and kill for Nas. 
first I like Finna in a quote. And uh, him, there's no doubt we've been talking about the chemistry between Anthony Edwards and the big men on this team. And he obviously has some chemistry with Nas Reed. Nas Reed was a monster in this game. He was so good. And they changed their defense to get to why they stopped Luka Doncic. Rudy Gobert is a a drop guy, does it extremely well. But Nas Reed plays up uh, when they go to a pick and roll with Luka Doncic. He gets out there. They build that little wall. They double out there. And I know Luka was ejected in this game, but they lost way before then. He was uh, only 5 of 17, and a big part of that was Nas Reed, Jaden McDaniels, uh, who was his primary defender, getting out there and defending. And then on the other side... You know, a, a little excuse, uh, no Dwight Powell in this game for the Mavs. I know he's not a big part of their team, but with the injury to Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, it just kills their depth. And uh, I will say, just because, you know, they don't have a lot of depth, I, I think they lost in that second quarter because they were so bad defensively, so bad. When a team scores 20 points in the paint in one quarter, one quarter, the Wolves scored 20 points in the paint in one quarter. That's like... Every stinking minute, you get a, a bucket. Like one out of every two possessions, a bucket in in the mm-hmm. paint, and so they outscored them thirty six fourteen. And I don't think this happens with Dwight Powell in there, but uh, maybe I'm giving a little too much credit to Dwight Powell. This Mavs team just fell apart. Christian Wood in the starting lineup. Not sure how well that's going to work, and he'll go back to the bench when Dwight Powell gets back in there. But they lost that second quarter well before uh, the the Luca ejection. So, so I don't think that Luca ejection had anything to do with it. I'm not sure what you yeah, think. Yeah, I think Luca was I think Luca is frustrated with his team and their recent play. Uh and and they are missing a lot of guys, no doubt, but both sides were. But he was also frustrated with uh, Jaden McDaniels all over his ass um because dare I say Jaden McDaniels is the Luca stopper. Uh I saw at Wolves Radio tweeting out the stats as the primary defender last night. Luca only had four points, shot one and nine, and had three turnovers. And in four career matchups with McDaniel's primary defender on Luca, he only has 11 points, three of 18 shooting, and five turnovers. So he does a really, really good job of at least frustrating uh, Luca Doncic. And yeah, I thought the second tech was pretty damn quick. I don't know what's going on right now in the NBA. It's like you get the one. And it's like you better shut the hell up right away because some of these refs are in their feelings and they're gonna whoop, they're gonna give you a second one real quick. I think it's a ref that's done it before, if I saw that correctly, um, to Luca and maybe even Kid himself because then Kid went nuts and he got tossed too and that was I think a little more warranted sort of coming out. It of was the floor. Rodney Mott. Yeah. I'm not sure his history, but definitely. Yeah, Rodney okay, Mott. it was Mott, and I think Mott's done it before. So you know, I don't know if he's he hates Luca or whatever it is. He was frustrated with him too. So get the hell out of here, but. Yeah, this Christian Wood in the starting lineup for the first time. Mavs fans had been like sort of... Some Mavs fans had been like wanting that, see, to, to see that. Hey, play your best players. What a novel idea. But this is the problem with Wood. Like he can give you buckets. He can score. He's been great. He's really surprised me uh, offensively how well he's played. Especially coming off that bench and sort of adapting to that role. But he gives a lot back. I mean, Nas Reed had his way with him. I mean... He had 27 and 13 in this game, in a game we didn't even think he was going to play. Uh, and you said they just dominated them inside the paint. 58 to 18 it was overall. That looks like a typo. 
58 to 18 points in the paint. And that's not like give it to a guy who's going to work with his back to the basket. That's just like, you know, driving after driving after driving. So where was the defense and the backbone from the Mavs? It was non-existent in this game. But yeah, Reed, uh, inspiring for his team for sure. He played 40 minutes with that injury. And 10 of those minutes in that second quarter were with Christian Wood on the floor where they scored 20 points in the paint. That's just that's so mm. many. Yeah, <laughs> it is a, a ridiculous amount. Uh, so there's a good chemistry there with Anthony Edwards also being more of a primary ball handler. That's happening more and more as D'Angelo Russell uh, is giving it up to him. Uh, and Anthony Edwards is coming into his own is what we expected here in year yep. three. Uh, he, he said uh, after the game, I feel like they're trusting in me, believing in me. If it goes two possessions where I haven't touched the ball, Nas, Jaden, they all say, go get the ball, brother. Get us into something. Even D'Lo, they're just trusting me. It's fun. And that always uh, comes back to the discussion. Whose team is it when Carl Anthony Towns comes back? And will the chemistry still be there? Uh, but, you know, at the same time, they did have chemistry last year. So it is it – is, Early enough in the season, and you see it across the league. You see it with the Knicks, who've won seven in a row. You see it with the the Sixers on their streak. You see it with the Nets in their streak. It's not over. Uh, it's not done. This Wolves team isn't uh, going to be a sub-500 team. It, it, just a good sign. Let, let's be positive feats here. A good sign that Anthony Edwards is looking like uh, a, a potential all-star. Uh, a great He's player. looking like he's taking or inching towards that leap that we thought he would take in year three. Uh, that's the best way to put it. And I also think... He's a perfect example that some guys in this league, they just need to play with like that joy, like that spark. And whether that's him just like having the ball more, having more room to operate, being asked to do more as a playmaker and, and attack more because the bigs aren't there. I don't know what the reason is, but he is a perfect example of like some guys, they have to just play with this, this I don't know, this like freeness to them. That unlocks them. Or like, again, like, just this joy is the best way to put it. Like, I think of Scotty Barnes last year and then the comparison to this year, and it's, like, been drained. And there are a bunch of reasons why. But, man, uh, in a game where Ant didn't even have a shot falling, but he was attacking, did a lot of his work at the line, nine assists again, couple steals, and uh, they pull out the victory. Um, so it's fun to see. You're right. Um, it's uh, The league's in a better spot when Anthony Edwards is, like, you know, throwing down windmill dunks on the fast break and getting guys into it and like getting the crowd going and stuff like that. So good win here from Minnesota as yeah they go up and the Mavericks sort of go down right now, hit a bit of a rut. Um, let me throw three games at you, Tass. Beasts from the East. We had Giannis scoring 42, okay, as the Bucks beat the Pelicans, 128-119. Donovan Mitchell scored 23 as his Cavs hammered the Jazz, his old team. They improved to 15-2 and two at home, Cleveland did. And then we had Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid carrying the 76ers past the Raptors, 104-101 in overtime. Uh, so those those three teams, you know, your Bucks, your Cavs, your Sixers, who are getting up there in the standings, all good wins. Any of them you want to talk about? Oh, uh, well, we got to talk about the Raps. Uh, okay, okay. First, Giannis Antetokounmpo's 42 should be said. Because a guy shouldn't drop 42 points, and it should go. It can't go unset. It is becoming. It commonplace. is. I mean, like, 40 is becoming like <laughs> it feels like 25 at this point. It's like okay, good game, but yeah, it's a good game, yeah. and especially from this dude who doesn't shoot many threes to get to 40. Uh, it, it does show that the Pelicans uh, yesterday. I think it was 
probably garbled up by my Wi-Fi, but I definitely talked about, I wanted to talk about how the Pelicans are struggling a little bit, giving the ball up on turnovers and in transition and inside just defensive rebounding. So that is something that they uh, should should address at some point. Uh, and I know they like going to Larry Nance, but there, there's some there's some struggles, bit of a struggle bus uh, holding down uh, the glass on mm-hmm. the defensive end. Yanis took advantage of that. Joe Ingles is back. Good for him. Bucks win. The Raptors game, um, that was frustrating. I, I will say, I, I will call it a, a moral victory because coming off a back-to-back with the Warriors, they looked way better mm-hmm. defensively. They wanted to fight. They wanted to battle. And even though they starting Scotty Barnes defensively against Joel Embiid, giving up whatever it is, 60, 70 pounds, and uh, a lot of height, they're able to overcome that time and time again because they play scrappy. They didn't do that against the Golden State Warriors. Scotty Barnes actually went out of this game really early with two quick fouls, but Ken Birch and his chesticles did a, a real good job, I think, against uh, Joel Embiid, just fighting uh, and being strong. So this game went to overtime, and it's no wonder that the Raps are 1-6 in, in games decided by three points or less. They just can't. They just can't execute down the stretch. And Pascal had an incredible game. And the reason why this is frustrating is because Pascal looked so good. You were were saying yesterday how he was, you know, a little bit more back to the basket, less of the face-up, less find the flow. Well, he found it yesterday with his 38. He went back to that Um, last night. Yeah. And uh, and he just didn't have any help. Um, So (laughs) it is is wild. You get a guy with 38 uh, and your next – score is 13 has 13 points and uh the the Sixers got enough even though Harden have a great didn't have a great game the Raps doing a good job against him you said Tobias Harris the Raptor killer uh how how confident he was oh my god Tobias Harris is in the zone right now he in the month of December December is averaging 20 points per game with shooting splits of 56 59 and 100 okay not a lot of free throws but he hasn't missed one he's knocking down 59 percent of his threes in December um, he hit five versus the Grizzlies. He hit Grizzlies. He had seven versus the Rockets. He had another five last night versus the Raptors. A couple of them in overtime. The one guy, I guess, taken away. Um, he is he is shooting the ball with uh, some confidence right now. And I mean, that corner three feels like money every time he lets it go. But yeah, you said it there from the Raptors side of things. They can't <laughs> they can't have on the same night their top two or three guys all play good at the same time. It's either Van Vliet going for 39 and Siakam struggling, or when Siakam at the start of the year was money, no one else was really supporting him all that much, or last night where he has 38 and 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 filled the rest of the box score, doing a line that only Vince Carter, I guess, has done in Raptors history in terms of his box score. And then Van Vliet, how many looks did he have? Wide open looks. Like, good looks. Like, from ball movement, he's stepping into it. And he just kept bricking them and bricking them and bricking them. I mean, there's not much else you can do outside of trying to get more shooting or just hoping a guy that's an all-star just starts, like, knocking them down. I think he has to have a kid again or something, right? Like, he has to <laughs> procreate to start hitting shots because <laughs> he had so many. He had, like, five in the fourth and overtime. They were, like, they're wide-open threes. That should be a layup for an NBA guy like him. Yeah, the wide-open ones. You just got to hit at least one of them, <laughs> and yeah. uh, he's just not being steady, Freddie. Uh, that he's 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 up and down, and that's the problem. And I guess we anointed Scotty Barnes a little too quickly in the off season, 
because I don't want to be down on the guy, but I, I guess we just put him on this ridiculous pedestal. The, and I did it. I was definitely guilty of it. I just didn't see any sort of drop-off coming. I saw him in those those summer league runs dominating, which you know is a summer league run, but he was throwing his body around like he was Kawhi. He was physical, and then something has happened here in, in year two, whether it's you know, hearing a lot of that praise, thinking that he was going to have a more prominent role on this team instead of just being one of the, one of everybody else, or maybe it's just a you know a second year slump. But I'm not pulling the the plug on this team and saying we got to blow it up. Uh, I just don't. First, I don't see the trade value being high enough, you know, for a lot of these guys. And second, you know, look across the floor. It looked dire for the Sixers. It looked dire for a lot of these teams, as I mentioned, the Nets, the Knicks. Uh, even though. I just don't get it. I just don't get at the end of the game there. The the, the Sixers are scrapping, fighting Joel Embiid, getting down, getting dirty, stealing it from Siakam. And Scotty Barnes, after that wild overturned call where they ended up overturning a call that was challenged, that was sort of an extension of the play. It wasn't the call that they were challenging, but P.J. Tucker on a moving screen rather than the three-point shot. Anyway, so things like... It, it seems like Raptors have the momentum, and you see Scotty Barnes. He's he's practicing his form, you know, in a break in play. He's, he's throwing up the shot. He's throwing up the, you know, like he's Lee Ellis or or like Giannis Antetokounmpo at the line. He's practicing the form, and when Pascal gets into the lane, it sucks in the defense, like the like the like he was doing all night, and he throws it out to Scotty. Scotty doesn't shoot, and he puts it down on the floor. And in in this case, in overtime, it's a minute left, and he ends up uh, chucking up a shot from the mid-range that ends up being an air ball and a shot clock violation, the confidence just wasn't there. And and obviously, it could have been that he went to the bench and the foul trouble got him out of uh, sorts, but it's been like that all year mm-hmm. for Scotty. Something going on there. He's just too good. Uh, Masai's got to go up to, and talk to him or something. He already like, did. Hey, I mean, he, right. <laughs> By all accounts, uh, he like, flew and, down to Brooklyn to talk to him one-on-one. So. Right. And I, I think that's – it's it's – I think Masai's got the touch. He's shown it, you know, in years past. Uh, so far, it's not working. But uh, listen, Masai, I think, believes in these this young core. Obviously, it, it would, you know, we've talked about the the Kevin Durant possibilities, the Donovan Mitchell possibilities. But I don't pull the plug. Are you pulling the well, plug? Well, no. People also like lean into the tank, like try and be really, really bad. You're not yeah. that far off. The issue with that is that that means you have to shut down Pascal Siakam. <laughs> like you'd have to come up with an injury. Because he's too good. I think he's actually too good to like for you to be one of the worst teams in the league to, to help your uh, ping pong ball chances. So I don't see that happening. They need they need to do something, no doubt. They need some for the hundredth time on this podcast. Some shooting would be nice, or at the very least, let's get you know a defensive minded center in there that could help on the glass and stuff like that. Though they fought last night, um, that was nice to see at the very least. They were in a game and uh, put up an effort. But the 76ers, that's five straight wins for them, and that's six straight losses for the Raptors, who fell to uh, 13 and 18. Ooh, boy. Uh, the other games, Tass. We had uh, DeJounte Murray hitting winning free throws as the Hawks ended the Magic streak. Spurs beat the Rockets. Chris Paul had a season-high 28 as the Suns killed the Lakers. Uh, a lot of people not playing in that one. And LaMelo Ball and Kelly Oubre Jr. led the Hornets past the Kings to stop their uh, eight-game losing streak. That was a surprise win there from the Hornets. But any of those you want to touch on? Well, what happened to the Kings? Well, I I, I got to be honest. I was not 
taking that game in. I d- <laughs> on a, such a great night in the NBA. I mean, LaMelo has been playing like it's gone way under the radar because, you know, he was injured for a good chunk of the season, then he came back, and then the Hornets kept losing. But he's actually like. He's putting up some pretty damn good lines, and he you can tell he's like shaking off a little bit of the rust, the injury rust there after that uh, bad ankle sprain on the sideline that one time. So uh, him and Oubre Jr., I don't think caught the uh, caught the Kings by surprise there because Sabonis uh, had a monster line against the Hornets bigs, who are non-existent. He had a, a big beef, like 20-20 and 20 type game. Fox played well, and then it was nobody else. But yeah, Hornets needed to get off the snide there, and they got it done. All right, that's all. That's my report I was looking for. Uh, I was uh, shocked at the end of uh, the Magic Hawks game. The Magic looked like they were going to win their seventh game in a row. It was done. They they had it. They absolutely had it. Uh, they 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 executed well. Uh, Trey Young put one off the basically uh, the side of the backboard almost, and then uh, suddenly the Magic are up one. Uh, just a few seconds left. Uh, for the Hawks to try something else. It goes to DeJounte Murray sort of on the baseline, and Paolo Boncaro, the steady Boncaro, the guy who's going to win Rookie of the Year, is there defending him, and DeJounte Murray's kind of fading away to the corner, and Boncaro does make contact with him in the end, but I don't think he had affected the shot. I don't think he affected the shot at all. I thought that was a rough call. Yeah. That was some home cook in there, yeah. I agree. I, it, it's it's right in front of the bench, and there was contact, mm-hmm. and so I'm sure the, the benches were yelling, Dejounte Murray was yelling, and maybe the refs were swayed. And listen, I I watched on both broadcasts to get a good replay because in 2022, nobody could pull up a good replay of this shot in the yeah. corner, which was really weird. Uh, but Dejounte Murray's initial shot went off the top of the backboard, and, and uh, he got two free throws, and he banged them home. And Paolo Boncaro, yeah, obviously devastated. Uh, they should have won seven games in a row. The Hawks, Hawks, lucky uh, to win that basketball game. So so lucky. Uh, but it was it was a wild night, a wild night in, in the NBA. I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, thought it was. Yeah, great. It, that's the thing. We don't want to reward Murray with those free throws because it felt like the Hawks didn't really deserve to win the game after they gave up like a 12-0 right. run over a two-minute stretch, where they were like throwing the ball away like Trey Young Trey Young had a, the Hawks this was like the perfect Hawks game actually it's like they play really solid for like 45 minutes they like look like a solid team good team you know Trey Young's getting his stats uh they're operating okay and then just have like they just Jekyll and hide it and are punting the ball away and giving it to the magic and giving up layups to faults like easy layups for them to take the 125 124 lead um but yeah then they get sort of bailed out there with that call in the corner. And he knocks him down. Like, you got to step to the line and hit the free throw. So, good job by Murray. I think they were his first two free throw attempts of the night, too. But, yeah, this is that just, like, sums up the Hawks perfectly. Uh, and I will say, for whatever reason, the Hawks end winning streaks, Tess. They uh, they snapped the Bucks, who had that nine-game winning streak. The Kings had a seven-game winning streak. And now the Magic uh, snapped at six. So, ATL are the winning streak, uh, you know, killers. Mm. Yeah, so I, I, I've been sucked back into Raptors chat, Skeets. Uh, sorry, taking take, going back. Uh, but I thought the Raps were going to snap a Sixers streak, mm-hmm. to, if we want to segue. But really, I'm reading I'm reading the stream team's chats here. Uh, there's a suggestion here that Scotty should run the offense from Dizigenera Cat. And I get that. Maybe Scotty thought that coming into the season. It's a little... Uh, 
It's a little like Westbrook. I mean, he gets the ball more in his hands in the in the second unit right now. I think you see a happier Westbrook. I'm sure Scotty wants uh, the ball more in his hands, and that's that's affecting him to some degree. But I, I was spirited by the defense yesterday and how much better it looked and dealing with a guy in MB when the Raptors have nobody to guard him. And so I'm not I'm not buying this that uh, they're. Their their length doesn't bother anyone anymore. I saw, I saw a comment here that, that Zach Lowe mentioned that Toronto's long guys aren't shocking one in the league anymore. When everyone is long, no one oh, is wow. long. Look, Sounds I, like a French <laughs> magnet. so deep. <laughs> I mean, they, they did a good job defensively. That's what I liked about the Raptors. Their spirit was back. It went to the overtime. But their half-court offense is a huge struggle bus. Uh, and if Scotty Barnes isn't Stepping into his open shots, he was 0 for 3 from 3, and he should have been shooting more of those threes. Then it's tough, tough sledding. And as you mentioned, Fred shots. Uh, so let's get off that. Let's get off the Raptors. Uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, a little kudos, I know, going back, uh, playing against his old team, uh, against the Jazz there. And uh, some kind words for the other side. You know, both teams doing well. A trade that has uh, suited yeah. both teams well, but the Cavs, Cavs rolling 15 and 2 at home. Phenomenal. Huh. A phenomenal number. Yeah, they're going to want home court advantage, no doubt, in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a win-win trade so far for both uh, the Cavs and the Jazz, but they just hammered them last night. Okay, we got to take a break uh, because when we come back, yeah, we got to fire up that. the trade machine, and that usually takes like a good 30 oh, yeah. minutes. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to talk some trades. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. Selling a little? Yeah, cha-ching. Or a lot? (laughs) Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
niche, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. All right, we're still here in the yard. Love seeing the comments here in the stream team. This was a good one from uh, Humberto, who made a good point because we were talking about the uh, active players who are their franchise leader in points scored, even if they're not on that team anymore. And he wanted to know, does Dwight Howard count as an active player, even though he's not in the league? He's the Magic's mm. all-time leader in points scored. I mean, no, he's not an active player in no. the sense that he is not actively in the league. He's playing in Taiwan, isn't he? Yeah, he was playing up against Sim Bular. Oh, wow, there's a name. Seven foot five, Sim Bular, uh, uh, a Brampton native. From Ontario, from Canada, mm-hmm. seven foot five, Simbular, making Dwight Howard look small, look tiny. It was so strange. The perspective of seven five. I'm pretty sure he's seven five, because Dwight Howard looked so small. Uh, but Dwight would be playing in the league if he could be. He could be active very soon. Sure, but sure. I mean, I, I'm yeah. sure he's gotten out, uh, and he wants to be back in the league. I assume so. He could be back, but I'm sure he's having fun. Yes, in if he comes back and joins the roster, then yes. He will count as the 11th guy uh, as an active player who uh, leads a franchise, even if he's not on that franchise, in all-time points scored. Nice. Okay, so let's get into some trade talk here. It's uh, NBA sicko season. I was firing up the trade machine yesterday. Now, this exercise, I'm going to be completely honest. It started with the idea that I was just going to come at you with like a list of like 10 or 7 or whatever players most likely to be traded. But then... I sort of can't help myself, Tass. It's like I, I have the list mm. of names, all the names we've already talked about, right? But then I'm like, well, but where's he being traded? And people just want to see like fake trades and debate them and stuff. So that's why I got into the trade machine. So I've got five names to go through and we'll look at some hypothetical trades. There's a couple trades for a couple of these guys, like multiple trade ideas or partners that they could deal with. Um, honorable mentions though, Two guys we're not going to get to, but are on the list of always getting traded, possibly. John Collins, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, Mo Bamba. There's a lot of rumors floating around with him. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich, though the Pistons say they're not trading him. Um, now, is that just posturing? Uh, or do you believe them? But we won't touch on those ones today. We've talked a lot about them before. And I see here on my timeline, let's just slip this in right now, because you wanted to talk Raptors. Zach Lowe apparently said the entire league wants OG Ananobi. 
Everyone wants OG. If he ever gets traded, the price and picks are going to surprise people because it might be on par almost with that with what the Cavs gave up for for Donovan Mitchell. (laughs) Almost on par? Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants OG. Uh, Everybody wants OG? Yeah. Fair. Uh, all right, listen, you did a great job putting these together, Skeets. I'm excited to talk about them. But tomorrow, you're putting together OG oh, and God, an OB no, I, I don't think I can do that. Okay, um, yeah, yeah let's, let's get into players most likely to be traded. Let's start with Kyle Kuzma. Uh, now, Kuzma, a lot of people think will be dealt because he probably doesn't want to be in Washington. He you know, obviously has an option uh, to sign a new contract in the summer. So he's probably looking for, uh, you know, greener pastures. Um, And he's played well. Kuzma, like, people look at Kuzma and go, man, that guy is our third or fourth best player. That's something right there. Um, He can score. He's got some size. When he wants to, he can give a damn defensively. So let's get Kyle Kuzma back to LeBron James and the Lakers, Tess. Let's just do it. And we won't. We won't use Westbrook in this scenario. Shout out to Jerome for helping with these beautiful trade machine graphics here that we're showing to you on YouTube. Okay, so Lakers get Kyle Kuzma and DeLon Wright, where the Wizards receive Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, one of those future first-round picks. Let's call it 29, could be 27, you know, probably protected in some sort, maybe top three, top five, whatever. And then a future second-round pick. Uh, This one I did see uh, also suggested from uh, SI's Rohan not Carney. So what do you think, Tass? Kuzma going back to the Lakers for these type of pieces. Who says no? Both teams say yes. Okay. Skis. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, essentially, this is Kuzma for a first-round pick. Right. Because yeah. those guys I, would be buyout I, guys Patrick probably Beverly, in, in Nunn and Beverly. Yeah, yeah. I got some hope for Kendrick Nunn. His drop-off is odd. But anyways, if you're making this deal, you think that uh, – this is the best you can get for Kyle Kuzma. And I know the general consensus out there is like, Kuzma's way better than that. He should warrant way more than a first-round pick. But, you know, depending on the first-round pick, I think that could be the, the ceiling. Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not wheeling and dealing, but uh, this is – Kuzma's an expiring deal. And he's, you know, playing in a, in a bigger role than he likely should be. Now, the Le- Lakers pick could be good. I don't know what the protections are. Yeah, of course. With. I mean, uh, I think but... the Wizards would, if they were to do this, they're saying, give us both picks for Kuzma. The Lakers say no. You say, okay, we want an unprotected first-round pick in whatever, 27 or 29. The Lakers probably try and say no. And then you agree on a very lightly protected. Uh, I mean, I think that's what would happen. Yeah. So I think it would be lightly protected, yeah. top three, top five, something like that, with the odds that it could hit, right, in the future. Yeah, that's and that's nice. That's nice. Uh, we get, we'll talk about Vucevic a little later on and what he got uh, traded for. It ended up being Franz Wagner. And there's another pick uh, still to be conveyed to uh, Orlando. So if it's a top five protected pick like you know, in that in that ballpark, I'm okay with it. I would say 2027 20, more than 2029 20, because I think LeBron's gone, AD's potentially gone by that point uh, it could be good it could be a very good pick and so I think that's what Kuzma warrants something in that ballpark and so I think this is a little bit more in line uh, but you know maybe somebody overpays it but with this one that you threw out there the Wizards also get off uh, DeLon's rights money next mm-hmm. season and he's good though I mean he got injured but he was really helping them oh. early in the season before he went down 100% yeah. 
Yeah, it's what the Wizards want to do, and I guess I'm leaning more towards tearing it down a yeah, little bit. Yeah, um, that's what's happening here. But hopefully. Uh, but, you know, I like the Wizards looking to the future, and, and yeah, he would be good as a, a backup guard with uh, the Lakers or, you know, playing fourth quarter minutes with the Lakers at times. I'm yeah, sure. and, and people in the stream team are rightfully saying, uh, I see Paul here, Kuz is not going to get the Lakers to the finals. Of course not, but... The idea here is you have LeBron, you get AD back, you want to give yourself a fighting chance to get into the playoffs and then maybe make some uh, noise. But you only use one pick here in this hypothetical to get Kuz, if you can. And then you do something with that other pick if uh, the right opportunity presents itself. Bogdanovich, you know, either a Turner healed, you know, you're not getting both of them, I assume, but maybe one of them, whatever. Like you're, you're splitting up those first round picks in the future and trying to get some pieces to actually help you. Like win a championship, I guess, around LeBron James, if you still believe that could happen with a healthy AD and LeBron. All right. Our next one, let's get the Raptors some help, okay? You know, I don't have an OG trade for you. I got something much smaller. Let's bring Yaka Pirtle back. Teenage Mutant Ninja Pirtle. Back to the Raptors. They need a center. So the Raptors receive Yaka Pirtle from the Spurs, and the Spurs get... And really what's going on here is a first round pick. And the Raptors have like basically their war chest of first round picks. So it would be up to the Spurs to like which one they're targeting here. What you want it in the future, you want it now, whatever. But Ken Birch, Justin Champagny, and uh, a future first round pick um, for Pirtle. Tass, what says you? Raptors say yes, Spurs say no. Okay. Why? I don't think they're get they're not getting enough. A Pirtle is solid uh, he's 27 it's not like he's ridiculously old you, you do need some good players I think you'd want to keep him around I think he's too good for uh, a future first round pick that has protections on it I just think you, the Spurs would have to be overwhelmed to to deal him I, I just don't think that's enough my man Shane Penny and my man uh, Ken Birch it's not enough. Obviously, it depends what the, the first-round pick is, but... Well, let's it's say it's like a 23 first-round pick. Everybody. The Raptors aren't good right now. You think Pirtle's going to like completely uh, save their season? I mean, Pirtle may not even sign with the Spurs. He like He's talking about being excited about testing free agency and all that for the first time. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, if the Spurs know that he's going, well, that changes the equation for mm-hmm. sure. Um but I could see him signing a nice four for 60 with the Spurs, you know, something of, of that nature. I don't know. At the same time, you, you need players to play. You know, you need, you need to sign some guys. And if you can get – if you're the Spurs and you can sign Jakob Pertl as your starting center for a long time for a decent number, I'd say keep him around, although the Raps would do this in a heartbeat. IMO. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's an excellent defender, Pertl is. He protects the rim. He's not going to kill you offensively. He's, you know, good for – what 13 and 10 and a couple assists he moves the ball he's not a you know a ball hog by any stretch of the imagination i i just like yeah it's all down to the pick it's all like if the spurs are like well we don't see him signing here or we want to bring him back in that sense um he's going to be in line for a hell of a pay increase for sure um so they just get a first round pick and like i said the raptors right now hell it could be a damn good pick if their uh, season continues to slide here, the Raps do have all of their first round picks. Like they're one of the rare teams that like have the, the Raptors are far from like a title contender, but you know what I mean? Like a team going for it, like a team competing. They have all of them. 
you know, for the foreseeable future here. So they could part on some if they want to. Um, okay. Pirtle to the Raps. You say the Raps say yeah, yes. Maybe, Spurs say no. Okay. Uh, yeah. And maybe you tease in with a tease the Spurs with a young player because. Yeah. Well, that for sure. The Spurs. The, the Spurs, the Spurs like projects, trying to make guys work. So maybe you elevate, you know, a, a Kem Birch who's, you know, been in the league for a long time to somebody like a Delano Banton as sure, a, yes, Nicholas, no problem, <laughs> as Nicholas Leonardi is saying in the stream team here. So that's that's not bad. Uh, the beautiful thing, if you're the Raps, is that Yak would be back. With skills. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. We had a. (laughs) Who was ready for this? You or Jerome had the Photoshop ready. Oh, that's Jerome. That's Jerome. This is all for Jerome uh, to see Yak back with his old boy, Pascal Siakam. The the heyday uh, of the bench bros with the raps in the the mid teens. Oh, things were good back then. Uh, All right. Let's get Eric Gordon finally traded, right? (laughs) You know, this is the year. Lock it in. Eric Gordon is going to be moved. Um, Now, this first one is off of uh, a Jake Fisher from Yahoo report that the Rocket shooting guard was being targeted by the Knicks. So would the Rockets, like the Rockets by all accounts tasks, want a first round pick for Eric Gordon? Now, we could debate whether he's worth it, but the Knicks have a lot of first round picks. I think they have four in this coming draft, their own Detroit's, the Wizards, and I think the Mavericks. So I, there's a lot. So they can maybe part with one of them. With Cam Reddish, Evan Fournier to make the money work uh, to get Eric Gordon to the New York Knicks. I mean, I know he doesn't fit their timeline, but the, could they use that little bit of scoring there off the bench? No, Skeet. Okay. Nope. Not going to do it. I think it's an overpay for the Knicks. And it's kind of the wrong move. I think... Uh, Reddish and a first are, are just too much. And at the same time, the Knicks aren't, they're not there to be going for it with an Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon is better suited on a, a championship type team. And the Knicks aren't good enough to be looking for a rental. And their second unit is just playing so well right mm-hmm. now. I, I don't really understand why you would mess up mess it up with a guy who would help on any given night. But right now, Deuce McBride. And Emmanuel quickly are coming off the bench as their guards. Like you could play Eric Gordon beside them, sure, and he would hit shots and he would come through. But I, I think it's an overpay and just not the right time uh, for for the Knicks to be going for it like that. Uh, I like Chigs here in the stream team. That would be a Knicks move, so they shouldn't do it. That's a great point. Um, and I just like I see people overreact when they see first round pick there on the graphic because you're like what but i think what happens is people think first round pick and they think a top five pick they think a lottery pick it doesn't need to be that like it can be a late first round pick you can still think eric gordon in 2022 is not worth it fair but just like remember it's not like a top three pick (laughs) it says first round it can be at the end Mm -hmm. it can be you know from 25 to 30 still still you can hit on those and you want a lot of bites at the apple if you're good at drafting but i think the knicks of a lot of teams if they wanted to get some help like i said they could move one of these first round picks they have from some of these teams like it could be an option but okay you don't want eric gordon i have a better one i think eric gordon of course should be traded for i think a team that needs him though is a team that like of course wants to like actually 
have a little help, a little experience, a little uh, veteran savviness off of their bench in a playoff series. So a team that like wants to win some series, maybe now, get them to the Pelicans, back to the Pelicans. To me, this is not a lot. And I don't know if the Rockets would be as interested in this one, but Eric Gordon to the Pelicans for Jackson Hayes, who's out of their rotation, Devontae Graham, who's got a little bit of money left, so the Rockets are sort of eating that, and then a pick, a future-protected first-round pick, whatever protection is, top 10, lottery, something, I don't know. Come up with that, what you, whatever you want. What do you think of Pelicans getting Eric Gordon, Tess? Ooh, you smell that? It smells like the Pelicans are going for it, Skeets. Helps. That's what that's what that that's what that move would mean. I think we could uh, barter a little bit if I'm David Griffin. Somehow bring it down a little bit. I I I, I don't mind it in theory for sure, but I think the Pelicans would say no. It's a bit of an overpay, but I get what you're saying for both teams. Like Jackson Hayes isn't really playing a lot for them. He is a prospect, um, but I, I think maybe. I don't know. I, you, you bring it down to, to some degree. I'm just, I'm just sure, not sure. Actually, Eric Gordon on the Pels plays a ton, and maybe, maybe if you think the Pels are there, this is a good move for them. But if you think that they are, you know, the Grizzlies of last year, and they need to go through some, some, some playoffs experience to get there, then why not stay with Alvarado and Dyson Daniels off your bench instead? I think uh, I, I'm a Dyson Daniels believer. Uh, but I, I hear what you're saying. I, like the positives, Brandon Ingram is hurt a lot. Eric Gordon can just slip in there at times and, and hit some shots. Positives, Devontae Graham is paid for the next two years, and he is sort of on the fringe of their rotation as a, as a guard who chucks, uh, and he's paid for $12 million for each of the next two seasons. And as I said, their guard rotation is McCollum starting, Alvarado, Dyson Daniels sort of behind him, and they play a lot of big guys – uh, besides those guys, you know, and, and Trey Murphy and Herb Jones, and I don't know if you mess with it. Skeets is all I don't, I'm saying, see, I don't think you're messing with cheaper. it a whole lot. He's an expiring contract. Uh, you know, you're getting off Devonte money, uh, t- and and as option ten says, teams want shooters. That's simple. In a in a playoff series, and you never know with an injury to one of those guys. Like I'm not saying Eric Gordon comes in and takes minutes from Jose Alvarado and takes a bunch of minutes from these guys like Daniels, like what you're seeing in the promise. But I do think. In a playoff series, in a playoff game, for crying out loud, could Eric Gordon get you over the line? Maybe a little bit more than a rookie like Daniels in a situation that uh, the lights are a little too bright? I think it's possible, and I just don't think it's giving up a whole ton. Even that first-round pick, maybe it's a second-round pick. I don't know what the Rockets... I mean, they're holding out hope that they're getting a first-rounder for them, so... Don't so you don't, you don't think they're getting a first-rounder? I don't know. I, mean I, 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 I mean, I feel like they would have gotten it by now. <laughs> so, yeah. probably not, but... Yeah, I, I, I guess if you're if you're uh, bargaining here, you say, hey, Jackson Hayes, it's a big man setter. If people aren't familiar with him, you know, uh, uh, an active guy, he looked okay in minutes for the Pelicans this year, but you know, maybe he's not a, an incredible player. You say to them, hey, this guy's a top ten pick, not too long ago, take him as the first round pick, and uh, you know, accept that basically. Basically, it's it's him and 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 getting off two years of Devonte Graham. And take out the pick of the deal, and the pick, uh, take the pick out of the deal, and hope, hope the Rockets bite on mm-hmm. that. But uh, I, you, you could turn around and say, can't Devonte Graham do what Eric Gordon is could do in a playoff series? Mm. Uh, I, I am not a big Devonte Graham fan. <laughs> I think for some reason he's considered like this scorer and shooter, and it's like 
his efficiency is always like abysmal. It's it's up and down, yeah. Eric Gordon, I, I know a lot of people are are down in the stream team. Eric Gordon garnering a first round pick, yeah. Eric Gordon is still good. He's still young. He, he in a in a prime time role earlier in the season for the Rockets when uh, guys were out. I mean, he was still hitting shots. He can still head at a ridiculous clip. He can still be really good for a, a playoff team. All right, next name on the list, most likely to be traded, Jay Crowder. Okay? He should be traded because he's not even playing for the Suns. He couldn't get a contract extension in the summer. They gave a starting spot to Cam Johnson. I guess he's pissed off about that. So him and the team decide, hey, maybe it's in everyone's best interest. You stay away from the squad. We'll figure out a deal. And here we are still trying to figure out a Jay Crowder trade. Now, NBC Sports noted... There have been heat rumors for Crowder tasks, but um, I guess they can't match salaries or very unlikely they can match salaries until January 15th when like Oladipo and, and Deadman could be included and are trade eligible. But back to Rohan with SI, let's just end the Jay Crowder saga now. I think <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers would be fantastic for Jay Crowder, for Jay Crowder to go to, and I think he would really help them. They're really like at times they need like a fifth piece to put around that young core. He's got a bunch of playoff experience. I think he's played in like 19 or 20 playoff series, so I think he gives them a little bump there in terms of uh, again veteran savviness. Chetty Osman, Dylan Windler to make the money work, and you know a second round pick, not even a first round pick by any means. Just something uh, you throw one in there, and we have a deal. Yes or no? Oh, it's not. I hear what you're saying, but I think you're trying to tear down my calves from the inside. No, I'm not no, he's going to help. What do you mean, Jay Crowder? He might. He might. He might. He's 32. I think they've got Jay Crowder types on this roster that are younger, and I know Jay Crowder is somewhat established, but the, the Jay Crowder reputation is it's a little bigger than what he provides. I mean, he'll be out there chucking away. But this team is so good defensively. They don't need Jay Crowder on that end. They could use his threes. And in that small forward spot where they're filling it with Lamar Stevens and Isaac Okoro. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine with what they're rolling with. Chetty Osman is very good for them. He had 22 last night. And uh, he's on an incredible deal. A deal goes into next year, and he's he's so good for them off the bench. Now, small forward, I agree with you, is a bit of a hole, and Jake Crowder seemingly fits it, but I'm not doing it. I mean, he's I'm not doing the uh, the one more time with the Cavs thing. I mean, it could it, it's not it's not bad, but uh, I, then you you don't play Lamar Stevens or Isaac Coro, and I know I know some would call uh, Isaac Coro Isaac No Scoro as Trey coined him, but he. He's all right. He had 12 points last night. I think he's coming into his own. Okay. Um, but I get what you're saying. I, it's not, I wouldn't be upset. But uh, Jetty's decent as well. I mean, Jetty's, Jetty's solid. Oh, yeah. for and that's why I think the Suns would even be like, okay. I mean, uh, well, as Cam Johnson still comes back from injury, they're not going to be that upset with that. Um, well, let's go to our final name here. And we're going to do that by using a, a stream team comment from Mike Osborne, who said, Vucevic is the Magic's all-time leading scorer. Sorry, I'm behind. No, he's not, Mike. No, no, no. Dwight has more points. He is the franchise all-time leading scorer. Goes Dwight Howard, Nick Anderson, and then Vooch. But let's trade Vucevic. Let's do it for our guy, Trey Kirby. Uh, A lot of front offices expect the Bulls probably to be sellers here. So they could move. I think Zach Levine is unlikely with that new deal he just signed. DeMar DeRozan, 
Maybe the asking price is too high for a lot of teams. I know Steve Kerr wants Alex Caruso. Uh, maybe that materializes. But the most likely bull to be traded, in my opinion, is Vooch. Um, he's an offensive-minded setter. He's good for 16 and 10. He can sort of space the floor a little. I think he's like a 36% three-point shooter. So I've got two trades for you. And I struggled to find a team that made sense. I'll, I'll be dead honest here. I was asking Twitter last night, help me out. Let's get Vooch somewhere that that is realistic. What about the Nets wanting Vooch in a backup role, Tass? And this is a weird trade. There'd be no picks because the Nets couldn't include um, at least 23 or because they don't have their 24th and all that. So it's like a, a bit of a strange swap here. But Nets get Vooch. The Bulls just go with Joe Harris and hope that he can sort of like reignite as a sharpshooter from distance. And then it would be like a young piece in an Edwards, like a Kessler Edwards, or like a Dayron Sharp, or an Edmund Sumner, or a Cam Thomas, like one of those younger Nets players that would intrigue maybe the Bulls in some sort of like, you know, rejiggering of their roster and maybe leaning a little bit into the tank. What do you think? You've got a deal. You like it? Uh, it's uh, it's sad if you're the Bulls and you look at the package that could be coming yes. back. One of these younger players, Kessler Edwards, is averaging 1.2 points per game this season. Uh, things aren't going well. Him and Joe Harris, for a, a guy you traded a lot for, mm-hmm. sounds awful. But Vooch is an expiring deal. I think if you're getting a young player, one of those Nets guys, plus uh, Joe Harris, who I still believe in, even though you know he's into his 30s and not having a great yeah. season. That might be all you get for Vucevic. So it sounds it bad. It sounds bad. That's but, the thing. I mean, that's a depressing trade yeah. board. Uh, so I apologize to Bulls fans. I mean, I think the Nets do that in a heartbeat. I like, you know, him in, in a, him in a backup role or, you know, spot minutes at center and having to start in games where Nick Claxton, whatever, can't go. Um, it's a different look I like for the Nets there when you have Claxton and then you have Vooch. But uh, it's not a lot going back. So how about this one? How about the Knicks, the other team in New York getting him? For Derrick Rose, let's sell some tickets, baby. Back to the Bulls. Cam Reddish, that's your flyer. You know, my buddy Grish is going to be pumped about that. And then a first-round pick. So you get one of those picks you gave up when you traded with the Magic for Vooch. You get one back um, in, uh, in in possibly from the Knicks. Because like I said, I went through all the, uh, the picks they have. What do you think? Do it. <laughs> Derrick Rose going home. Uh, flyer for... Cam Reddish, as you said, and a first-round pick that'd be nice to have in the the Bulls' war chest. And they need those picks, there's no doubt, because they traded Vooch for Wendell Carter Jr., who they'd probably trade for him straight up again. If they they could trade straight up for Wendell Carter Jr., they'd probably do it. But a first-round pick that ended up being Franz Wagner went to the Magic with Wendell Carter Jr. Plus the Bulls' pick this year. Uh, could be such a juicy pick uh, for the Magic that they own. It's top four protected, but still it could mm-hmm. be good. Uh, the Magic struck out. But at the same time, sunk cost, it's gone. Rose and Reddish and a first-round pick, that's the best you're going to do. Uh, and you could take a flyer, baby, on Cam Reddish. Well, why the heck I can't not? believe this. I think he's here. We're going to try and see what his connection's like. But uh, Bulls fan himself, Trey Kirby, uh, where are you, and uh, what are your thoughts on these hypothetical Bulls trades? Look at this guy. I'm in Brookfield, Illinois. You know, it's still go Bulls season out here. Yep. I need some picks, Skeets. Gonna need some pixies. I got you one. One protected pick. 
Um, yeah, it's likely protected, but I don't think heavily protected. There's a lot of picks the Knicks could throw your way. Rose and reddish, though, for uh, Vucci. I'm only interested in the picks, sir. Okay. It's all picks want, for me from here on out. You want multiple first-round picks for Vooch? I don't think that's happening. I mean, a 36% shooter, 10 rebounds a game, <laughs> two-time All-Star. <laughs> that's worth multiple picks. Multiple picks. Oh, wow, like a, like a Donovan Mitchell-type package. Uh, I think it's a Mitchell-type or... package, an OG-type package, if you will. There you go. There you go. Uh, what are you doing right now? Are you going sledding or hitting the slopes? Or I'm going to the zoo. Right, here at the Brookfield Zoo. You're going to the zoo? Yeah. What's the temperature? Oh, it's freezing cold. <laughs> it is so cold. <laughs> hey, how about hey. that? Yeah, not just me going for a solo zoo trip. Okay. All right, All right. let me well, go I put some the... snow pants on. Okay, well, I hope the animals are even out and about. <laughs> yeah, the kids were asking about a giraffe, and I'm like, that'll be a long scarf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my team, dad, thanks, for, uh, thanks for popping in. We'll try and get you, uh, we'll try and get you two first-round picks for Vooch, which is unlikely, my man. Oh, man. Oh, uh, it's great. That guy's got a better internet connection than I, I do. I couldn't believe it. Uh, wild, I couldn't believe it. I didn't think that was going to work stuff. that well. Okay, we, uh, we'll oh. call it there. My five players most likely to be traded, though, they are, in no particular order, Kyle Kuzma, Jakob Pertl, Eric Gordon, Jay Crowder, and Vucci baby, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, will he get one first-round pick back for the Bulls? Uh, we'll find out. That was fun. Love the comments in the stream team. All you podcast listeners, tweet at me, at J.E. Skeets, or at no dunks, Inc. INC on the end. Your thoughts on all those hypothetical trades. we got to take one more break when we come back. Pick them results, and Tass has tweet of the night. Okay, pick em results last night. Bucks, Pelicans, Milwaukee. They were the favorites. One and a half favorites on the road. Covered that easily. Great job putting uh, like Drew Holiday and your boy Wesley Matthews on Zion. That was the defensive game plan. Oh, and uh, it worked pretty well. Um, so that's a win for Tass with the Bucks and losses for the Pelicans guys, me and Trey, a.k.a. Jerome. So here's tonight's game, Tass. Uh, just quickly on that Bucks game, sometimes you forget how good Drew Holiday is, right? Just a monster, a monster at stealing the ball from from Zion. What a game plan. Anyway, tonight, Memphis at Denver should be a great game. Top of the West we're going to. The line is itsy-bitsy, just plus one and a half for the Denver Nuggets at home. It's essentially a pick em. Skeets, you think the Grizzlies will win by two points or more, while myself and Trey Jerome think that Denver will uh, take care of business at mm. home. These, uh, these, these small lines, man, basically pick them. very, very difficult. These are two great teams. The Nuggets are a little, uh, sometimes they look like the best team in the West, and other nights they like they lay a stinker, so I don't know what to expect really. So, yeah, give me the Grizz. I'll swerve on this one. Okay, let's get to... Yeah, could be we, mad. He could be mad. Morant could be mad about getting uh, booted. Sorry yeah, to cut you yeah off. absolutely. So maybe Morant has a bounce back. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the night goes to Jim Peterson, the Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> analyst that we talked about earlier, who gave us uh, plenty of love as uh, the guys who popularized the term wedgie, ledgy, and pigeon. You talked about it on the broadcast. And he actually retweeted our tweet <laughs> about the nomenclature, the verbiage yep. that it's wedgie, ledgie on the back of the rim, pigeon on top of the backboard, 
with the tweet that said, I actually have this tweet saved on my computer. Just for quick reference. Uh, uh, he, and yeah, he said, I had to refresh my Leggy Pigeon lexicon. So he had it. Yep. He had it yep. in the back of his brain. He has it on his computer. So shout out to Jim Peterson uh, for, for giving us the love there. Uh, we are no dunks now, Jim Peterson. No more of the starters, FYI. But in, uh, in defense of Jim Peterson, we're showing you a photo of uh, me talking to him and Dave Benz, former Wolves play-by-play man. That's that's when uh, we met. He he knew us as the starters, and so uh, yeah, I, I tweeted that uh, the man is a legend. I taught him everything he knows, though, about wedgies, mm-hmm. ledgies, and pigeons. Uh, but yeah, Jim was a player in the the eighties. Played with the team, went to the finals with him in '86. Uh, there uh, as a backup, played uh, all the playoff games that year. So shout out to Jim. Yeah. Thank you, Jim, for that uh, again kind, kind shout out uh, on last night's broadcast. I love, I love a broadcast that's just going to go on for minutes talking about wedgies, ledgies, and pigeons. We love to see it. Let's call it there. Shout out to TK for uh, dropping in from an Illinois zoo to demand more draft picks for Vucevic. Again, let's hear your thoughts on all of those hypothetical trades I fired at you, or some potentially other ones. Maybe email them in for tomorrow's beach stepping. No dunks at theathletic.com. Best way to email them in. That's the address. Or tweet them in at no dunks inc. INC. Or if you're feeling really frisky, leave them in the YouTube comments below this video. Back tomorrow, live at 10 a.m. Eastern. Tass, you guaranteed a stronger Wi Fi performance. And I gotta say, it got a little dicey for a second near the start. But then you were humming along, coming in crystal clear for the most part. So, well done. Did we ever figure out what happened? Like, what was an outage or something? Yeah, it was better. I I will say, hopefully even better uh, tomorrow. Uh, Because, you know, it was a little waffly there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not buying that, oh, there's kids home now and uh, the networks are being used more. Come on. That's it? Uh, No way. I don't know, man. All that streaming, man, sucks it all up. Possible. Yeah, I mean, everybody's streaming movies these days, kids under pads, but no, no, that's not what it was. I don't know what it was. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, we were happy that it worked today. Thanks again to everybody joining us live. Thanks to all the podcast listeners. Leave your boys five-star rating and review. We'll see you tomorrow morning, live at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, drafts have really long scarves. Embrace the day, people. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.